Uh, Maddie, uh, time to have a chat to Daniel O'Sullivan, who we know is the ratings guru, and I'm fascinated to find out who he thinks is the top-rated two-year-old um, of the season so far, because it looks such an even year, especially with the Blue Diamond on Saturday, and we're nature's tripping the sprinters uh, now as well. Uh, morning, Daniel. How are you? Hey, Michael. Really good. Great to catch up. Um, is this one of the most open Blue Diamonds that you can recall from a, a ratings perspective? Yeah, I think it is. We've, we've seen a, a real mixed bag with the two-year-old form this year, and I don't have the figures in front of me, but I know this calendar year, like the Saturday favourites in two-year-old races in Sydney and Melbourne have a have a terrible record. I mean, they've still run okay in place, but they haven't been winning, and we've seen new horses emerge, I guess, but uh, one of the, the challenges is in assessing the Blue Diamond is that no horse is really racing at a level that that stamps them as a, as a super strong Blue Diamond contender, and, and that's reflected in the market, where I think it's around $5 a field at the moment. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So sometimes when you get an even rating sort of uh, level, um, it, it can be high. It can be an extremely high crop. But it seems to me that they're um, average to good, maybe, um, but um, nothing that's spiking. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair enough to say, Matt. I mean, we, we haven't seen uh, any real standout performances, at least this calendar year. It's a relatively even bunch, and... The, the scene is set for something to really peak in this race and, and perhaps put a figure down that is consistent with past winners of the race. I mean, the, the addition of the race last year was particularly low rating. Um, I'll be surprised if this year is quite that low, but at the same time, I'm still not sure it's, it's shaping up as a, as a race that might be consistent with some of the, the past winners that we've come to know. We were talking to Adrian Bott earlier about Alligator Blood and what a folk hero the horse has become because of all the stuff that's part of his story. Just in a career sense, how does he rate? I mean, I'm not, I know he's not going to rate with the greats of modern times, the Say Your Thinkses and the Winkses and so on, but taking the emotion aside of, of the popularity of Alligator Blood, and he's obviously running in the futurity, what, 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 what level has he achieved in his career on pure ratings? Yeah, look, on my figures, he rates around 104, which which makes him a, a solid Group 1 horse. I mean, in, in the context of history, that in, in most eras, that's a horse that can win Group 1 races um, at the weight for age level, and we, we've seen him him do that. Um, but as you say, I mean, it's not going to touch on the, the elite horses that we might remember over the past 10 or 20 years. But, look, there's absolutely no doubt that he's... Uh, super honest and reliable you know, group one class say compared to even his rivals on the weekend say against an on thunderstruck how does he how does that comparison work uh look i think without checking i'd say his peak at this stage is, is ahead of i'm thunderstruck um obviously that they've met a couple of times in, in races in the past i believe um so i'm thunderstruck is, is probably still uh, emerging a little bit, even though he's an older horse. We, we saw him have a very good preparation um, last time, uh, very good running the Cox Plate, and and he still shapes up as a horse that, that might still have a little bit more to give. So, look, on balance, I'd put them both in the in the same category. I mean, they're, they're solid group one weight for age horses that, that on any particular day can turn up in one of those races. Um, but, yeah, they, they have a way to go just to measure up to what we might think of as, as elite horses. So who do you think is the second best horse in Australia behind Animo? Look, oh, that's, a, that's a really good question, Matt. Um, I think 
that that title is probably up for grabs, to be honest. I mean, if you go through the sprinters, there's a bit of a changing of the guard there. Um, I don't think there's any one particular horse that, that's putting their hand up to, to take that spot, to be honest. I mean, it's fluid, go back isn't it? I mean, individual yeah, yeah. performances um, and, and, you know, nominate certain horses based on particular runs. You know, you could say I'm thunderstruck from the Cox Plate last year where he got very close to Animo and, and in a different scenario, different runs in the race may have actually beaten him. Um, so you could use that argument. Um, but then at the same time, you could, you know, you could call on other horses as well and, and use similar uh, sort of logic. So I think this season, in particular this autumn, is a really interesting one because it is a very even bunch. I mean, even in the older horses, Animo is remarkably consistent, but he's not uh, what we'd call super dominant over over his opposition. Um, so it's not to say that, that he can't be toppled at some stage his preparation either. So it's, it's shaping up as a really interesting autumn in that regard. Yeah, it is a moving feast, isn't it? Like tomorrow, Today's second best horse in the country might be next week's third best horse. So it can, it can go up and down a bit. One horse I'm fascinated by, and I know that you have attached a very high rating figure, Imperatrix. Uh, the Kiwi, yeah. I'm thinking about the new market. Um, I'm looking at your ratings and thinking that this is as good a Kiwi as we've seen for a long, long time and is, um, you know, amongst all the, the big high-profile um, uh, Australian runners in the new market, they've got to be very careful about um, taking Imperatrix for granted. Yeah, look, she's a, she's a super mare from New Zealand. I mean, that, that last win at Tarapa, um, four and a half lengths, that was a very good... Uh, group class field that, uh, you know, one of the better ones we've seen assembled in, in New Zealand and she absolutely put them to the sword and it wasn't a case of those other horses underperforming. Um, certainly, you know, quite a few of them ran below their best but the measures on the clock were just phenomenal. So uh, I, I rated that one of the one of the best performances we've seen on, on a New Zealand racetrack in, in at least as, as long as I've been doing form there. Um, and it was certainly no fluke. She had a rating about a length and a half below that um, last August when she won a, a group two weight for age race uh, by nearly six lengths, and she has uh, she had another group one win against her own sex, I believe, over a mile by five lengths with, with a rating just a little bit below that. So she's got a, a really good bank of, of ratings that say she, uh, on her best form, she's right up to the best weight for age horses that, that we have in Australia at the moment. Uh, I know she's going to come over to the new market uh, under handicap conditions, which is going to be interesting uh, to see how those weights come out and exactly where she fits in that mix. Um, but, yeah, she, she's a super mare. Uh, she had a couple of off runs uh, last spring but looks to be right back on track uh, in the early part of this year. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've got two horses hanging off either side of Australia. One of them is Amelia's Jewel and one of them's Imperatriz. Is it, a couple of quick ones. Is it possible Imperatriz is now the best sprinter miler in Australasia? And that factors in Nature Strip and all these other horses. And I wish I win. I wish I win and so on. And <laughs> is it conceivable that there isn't a better racehorse in Australasia than Imperatriz at the moment? Uh, look, that's a good question. I mean, I could certainly argue that. Um, I guess the, the the ultimate answer with these things is when we get to see all of these horses competing. I mean, horses can do things uh, via ratings or some people, you know, really strong on measuring times and sectionals and things like that. But but ultimately, perhaps the best guide is, is when you see them all in a race together and, and we get to, to see that head-to-head direct competition. 
as well. But look, she'd certainly be up there uh, in terms of both racing and the, the total body of work that she's put together. Um, we haven't seen her in Australia yet, so it's going to be fascinating and, and one of the, the highlights of the early order to, to see her come over and, and hopefully she can measure up because yeah, I honestly do believe that, yeah, she's potentially one of the, the best horses in Australasia based on, on what she's been doing. Hey, Dan, we might try and catch up in the next couple of weeks because it's fascinating, as you say, uh, watching the Autumn Carnival, the Festival of Racing, unfold in these different ratings because there's not much between the top echelon uh, outside of Animo and the two-year-olds as well. So, mate, I appreciate your time today. That's all right. My pleasure, guys.